Good. Where, where's the smart marks at? They're there. They're talk to them. Good. Can I? Yeah. I would love you to. Can I really? You know how I feel. Can I swear? I'm, I'm, absolutely. Ask your friends over here. All right. Fuck you. The New Jersey Kid, Joe Sheehan. That's the difference between you and I. For me, this is about passion, and for you, this is about fame. And nobody will ever remember you. The Rogue of Wrestling, Michael Newman. Yeah, that works in Hollywood, that works in the movies, but this isn't the movies, this is real life. And in real life, I am the real hero. You're listening to the Super Smart Brothers Pro Wrestling Podcast. And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another exciting edition of the Super Smart Brothers Pro Wrestling Podcast. Uh, I am your New Jersey Kid, Joshi, and alongside my tag team partner, the rogue of wrestling, Mr. Michael Newman. How you doing this week, Newman? I'm in tears, Joe. And not with, for the same reason the that Paul Heyman is. With a tear in my oh, dude, that acting was so good. But yes, with a tear not, in my eye. Not for the same reason as Ball Heyman, as Ball. I'll now call him Ball Heyman. Uh, but Johnny Mundo and Taya. Oh man, those crazy kids—they're in love, Joe. Yeah, right after f- fighting off the reptile tribe. Just to catch up, the you fools who are not watching Lucha Underground—I don't know why. Yeah, I was actually going to bring that up to you. This season apparently has its lowest ratings. Well, you know what? Firefly was canceled. So, you know, good TV just never makes it. It's just the curse. Uh, But we have the Reptile Tribe going up against Worldwide Underground. They defeat the Reptile Tribe, but before the match started, we got some last-minute changes up because uh, Fibora, a.k.a. Luchasaurus, was killed mm-hmm. before, so he couldn't make it. Uh, so, <laughs> what an excuse! <laughs> well, he's dead. Although in Lucha Underground, usually that's not an excuse because the person that she ended up bringing in to replace him was dead. Uh, <laughs> Jeremiah Crane got killed by Mil Mortez earlier in the season, and now oh, he's right. back as Jeremiah Snake. Ah, she rebirthed him with venom. I think is what she said. So I don't know if they're trying to like capitalize on the fact that like Venom the movie is going to be coming out soon. Mm. They like knew that ahead of time as far as because like they announced that shit so far in advance of those Marvel movies. So yeah, maybe they knew. Sammy Callahan had a really good interview on Jericho's podcast this week where he just talked about how, uh, if you really think about it, he's one of the few guys that's on three different nationally televised wrestling promotions. Mm-hmm. He's got Lucha Underground, Impact, and then MLW. Yeah, that's true. Not a lot of guys can say that. And he was talking about how uh, all of his characters are like pretty similar. Like they're just him turned up, mm-hmm. or then like slightly adapted to like the place, right? Because like Lucha Underground yes. has that slightly more supernatural element. Yeah, so you could turn on that up here, versus then like uh, you know just the differences in MLW and Lucha or, uh, or Impact. Um, but then, despite their addition of Jeremiah Snake into the Reptile Tribe, this was countered by Aerostar coming in, which was such a great piece of, like, long-term booking of bringing in, like, the guy who wants to save Drago because it's like, yo, that's his buddy. Yeah. He got kidnapped last season. And then, oh, man, what a great, like, match where we get then the you know, Johnny Mundo, the Worldwide Underground win. 
And then he gives the fucking wish to Aerostar by asking Drago to be set free, which was so fucking awesome, too. That crowd went nuts for Drago being released. Yeah. And uh, an interesting, like, kind of babyface move. Yeah, total babyface move. You know, I think they had to, like, now that I look back on it, it almost, like, slightly taints the whole thing, because, like, that's such a planned, like, oh, they had to do this ultimate babyface move so that then people would get behind the whole next move, right? Oh, that's if they hadn't true. done that, people might not have, like, cared as much. But at the same time, I guess that's, like, really good. Like, it's just well done. Like, mm-hmm. you turned Johnny Mundo face by setting Drago free by giving the wish to Aerostar. Uh, so this upsets Cobra Moon, obviously. But then it also upsets Tyat, who's then like, Johnny Mundo, you fucking idiot! <laughs> you could have used that for anything and then oh man like i saw it in his eyes even before he said it just that that tender little twinkle a little glint that little glint that little the man who's like finally like oh man about to tell this girl that i love her you know and he just says cobra moon can't grant my wish only you can taya (laughs) (gasps) oh Such good writing. My heart melted. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know you were such a romantic, Newman. And then PJ Black, like a true romantic, pulled the ring out of his crotch and handed it to Shadi Mundo, who then, in his best uh, Randy Savage impersonation, said, Daya, will you marry me? (laughs) And she said yes. And they played the Randy Savage music, and he picked her up, like Miss Elizabeth, oh man, what a fantastic! Like that's going up there in like the all-time great moments, along with like the New Day coming out at WrestleMania to Final Fantasy costumes. <laughs> like these are the moments for me that like someday when I'm dead, I'm like, you know what? At least this happened in wrestling. I'm really glad that this happened. You're gonna be the grandfather that's like telling his kids about the wrestling of old days. <laughs> and then this one time on Lucha Underground, well, Johnny you, Mundo. Let me tell you why, Joe. This is actually one of like the most important moments of John Hennigan's life. Because this is him fucking proposing to the woman that he loves on the show that he fucking built when he, a couple of years after leaving WWE, said, fuck you guys. I don't need you. I'm going to go try my own thing. And then eventually this came about, and he's been such a cornerstone of it. And the show, like, even though I guess there's been a bit of a ratings dip or whatnot, like, I don't know too much about that. Like, the show definitely has its fans. Like, it definitely is a success. And some, like, and he's a definitely a big part of that. And it's mm-hmm. like, man, like, his own creation just culminating in such a huge way is just, it's awesome. And then you can see his fingerprints so deeply in it, right? Because, like, obviously, like, the writing and then, like, the putting in the Randy Savage thing. Because, like, that's his favorite wrestler. Like, and you can even see the influence in his look and his style from Randy Savage. Yeah, the very, like, kind of flamboyant, I want to say, type stuff. Yeah, exactly. Like that type of character. Yeah. Pomp and circumstance. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they fucking played the pomp and circumstance. So, yeah, like, it was just so fucking cool to see that for him. Because, like, that's just so... Ugh. So satisfying. Mm-hmm. It's like... You know what I think is one that's going to be happening very soon, actually. It's going to be very similar. Is uh, mm. an all-in. <clears throat> when Cody uh. Rhodes challenges for the NWA title, 
if he wins that motherfucker, like he's got is, to. That is gonna be huge for him personally. Like of all the fucking titles that he's won, like that's gonna be huge for him. Well, I think people have been saying he would be the first second generation to win the NWA title. Yeah, I think that would definitely have to be true, right? Uh, I will look it up as we talk, but I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think that'd be true. I mean, that's just, that'd be so fucking crazy. And you know he would just, like, he would just cry. But in, like, the best way. It's not like, oh, he's going to be, like, a little bitch. It's going to be, like, it's going to be, like, the next Shawn Michaels in my mind. As far as, like, that's the true, yeah. dream the, has come true. It's come true, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've got to do it, right? Like, there's no way you can not go about it that way. I think it would be a huge mistake for them not to. Yeah. Because, like, it's it's nice that, like, Nick Aldis has built what he has, but this is good, I think, to transition over to Cody, right? Because, like, you know, Kenny Omega's doing his thing over New Japan. Like, that's... Like, Cody really can't... There's too many things going on in New Japan. Like, he can't really penetrate too far into that right now. Ring of Honor's, like, you know, Jay Lethal's just starting on his second run here as champion. So... You know, he's he's part of the six-man tag group, so that's good to kind of have that also in there. But, like, I really think he could take the NWA to the next level. And I think even the fact that this match is happening at All In is even kind of proof of that, right? Like, he has proven that he's got the mind for the business and that he is a draw enough to fucking put together this event where the thing's happening, right? So, mm-hmm. I'd say you got to put it on him. What do you think? I mean, you kind of said that you sort of agreed, but... Oh, yeah. I mean, I think, like, it would make the event bigger. It would, I think, bring more shine to the NWA. Um, The NWA has been very smart in getting in on this whole... If you really think about it, everyone's pretty much working together now. Mm -hmm. And so they're definitely... NWA has been one of the ones to get in on that. And so Mm -hmm. it would just be along those same lines of just, like, hey, there's this Ring of Honor guy, let's put the NWA title on him and see where it goes. Because the NWA doesn't have anything really yet. I don't think they have TV and stuff like that. So, yeah, they just do those maybe random shows every once in a while, but it's pretty much their champion just showing up elsewhere. Mm -hmm. And guess what? Ring of Honor has the Sinclair deal, which puts them in millions of homes. So Mm -hmm. why not put your championship on there? Yeah, exactly. Because, like, the only other thing they have going is, like, that online series, right, where they have, like, the uh, the 10 Pounds of Gold series. Yes. Where they follow, like, the championship defenses. But, yeah, it's all, like, going to different territories and stuff. And I think they should definitely still obviously do that. Like, I think if Cody wins it, he would definitely still want to, like, go around and defend it in different places like that. But at the same time, like you said, maybe he'd probably be showing up on Ring of Honor television a lot more often. So that yeah. the NWA title is getting that exposure. Yeah. You know, who, um, who knows, maybe then you, like, defend the NWA title, like, on some Ring of Honor pay-per-views as well. Yeah, so it looks like um, Cody would be the first second-generation guy whose father won the NWA title. He would also win it. Yeah, I feel like there's no way that he doesn't win it. Like, that would that'd be such a huge fail. I couldn't even believe it. <laughs> Yeah, they've got to give it to him. That'd be such a good idea. And like you had said, too, actually, like that's a good point for the NWA to get the credibility of a guy like Cody. 
Because Cody just has a, a lot more name and exposure than a guy like Nick Aldis. Yeah, and he's also on TV. Mm-hmm. So. Right, exactly. And, like, on the Being the Elite show, too. Like, that'd be good. You could even bring that in there. Mm-hmm. Just mix it in with the other New Japan stuff, too. Because, like, you know, when Cody shows up, I don't know. Maybe he'd even be able to bring the belt to New Japan. Because, like, in New Japan, they sometimes will show belts from other promotions. Like, Zack Sabre Jr. brings in his uh, British title belts. And, yeah. And uh, some of the other Japanese guys bring in their other Japanese belts. So, I don't see why not. But, uh, let's see. Anyway, to get back to uh, yeah. something. Ooh, I wanted to tell you about another idea of mine. This is fucking brilliant. All right. So, Murphy and Nice over on 205 yes. Live. Which has been very good recently. Definitely a really good show. And actually, you know what? Drew Gulak said it best this week when he had said, that the cruiserweight division is the last bastion of pure wrestling in WWE. Because, like, do if, I think 205 Live is kind of turning into that, right? Kind of. Kind of. Like, it's it's a little bit of an overstatement, obviously. But, like, it's definitely more wrestling-focused than Raw or SmackDown, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have Murphy and Nisu had a pretty good tag team match here against Lucha House Party, but I was looking at these guys and kind of like what their gimmick is and what brings them together is that they're sort of like, they're both just like premier athletes or they're very skilled sort of technical fighters and whatnot, powerhouses. Mm -hmm. I would think it would be a great idea is team these guys up with the bar and make a four-man stable so that then the bar as kind of like a concept is that it's just like this collection of like elite athletes mm. all representing their own different countries. So kind of like a much better version of the League of Nations. So instead <laughs> of it just being the idea of like, oh, it's a bunch of foreign guys, have it be that like, oh, well, we're the best athlete representing our country within WWE. We all raise the bar. Right, we all raise the bar. So like, you know, Seamus is the one guy from Ireland, and then Cesaro is the one guy from Switzerland. And Nice is the guy from America, and Murphy is the guy from Australia. So then at some point, mm-hmm. like, maybe you could even develop storylines where they have to, like, defend their place within the bar. So, like, Seamus would have to fight against Finn if Finn tried to get into the bar. Because, like, well, we can only have one Irish guy. <laughs> you know, which is the best Irish guy? Like, who raises the bar? And then, like, Nice would have to defend against, like, all the different fucking American guys. Like, who would want to try to get in. Because, like, maybe Drew Gulak wants to try and join the bar someday. He's like, well, no, I'm the best fucking American technical wrestler. So, you know, fuck you, Tony Nese, and then takes his spot. Like, I think that'd be a really cool kind of long gimmick. And you could have, like, kind of the unique sort of fun running part of it that, like, because it's based on your nationality, that, like, there's no other guy from Switzerland. So, like, Cesaro could kind of run it from the shadows. Because, like, what? There's no one ever to challenge me. It's not my fault. (laughs) WWE just doesn't hire any Swissmen. (laughs) Like... I think that'd be that should amazing. be a great storyline. <laughs> I think that'd be amazing. Cesaro promoting like Switzerland, mm-hmm. and then here's another interesting t- idea too, because like with Murphy being that guy in the cruiserweight division, he could be this guy who's kind of on that line where he could go into the cruiserweight division and then back up into the heavyweight division as they need to, like as a stable because he's kind of on that weight limit. Uh huh. 
So you could play that up into his gimmick. And then he could also have, like, because <clears throat> if he could go into the heavyweight division, and if there's still, like, that weird, for some reason, cruiserweights can't be in a regular tag team or something, then you yeah. can have, like, oh, well, hey, now we've got Cesaro, Sheamus, and Buddy Murphy as options for our tag team. Because they just lost to the New Day, who's a three-man three man team. So this could be born out of that of, like, well, fuck it. They got three guys. Why don't we get a couple extra guys? So then we can keep doing what they're doing and put in like, well, which you don't know which two guys we're going to use for our match. Because right now it's like, well, you always know it's going to be Sheamus and Cesaro. But then if we've got the third option of Buddy Murphy, or maybe we've even got the fourth option of Tony Nese, then you don't even know what we're going to do. We've got that strategy element. So you could have this huge feud with guys like New Day and play their tactics back onto them. I like it, but I just don't think WWE would do anything like that. Because they... One, they don't like factions right now. <laughs> Which is so stupid. And two, I don't think they would like that like ever-changing type of faction. That's like... But that's... See, like you could still have a really like core faction. Right? Like, say, mm. like if we had made Cesaro is the central linchpin of the yeah. bar. And then, like... You know, right now, Sheamus is kind of like the number two... And then Buddy Murphy and Tony Nese are kind of like the guys right beneath them. And then eventually, if you wanted to, you could bring maybe somebody else in. Or you wouldn't have to. Like, it could just stay four guys like that. You know, yeah. or like maybe the Revival comes in. But, I don't know, I guess you couldn't do the Revival because then that's two guys from the same country. So, you can't do that. <laughs> if it's like strictly still the same concept of like the best athlete from every country. Yeah, then it couldn't, yeah, you couldn't have the two. But yeah, I like that. I think that'd be a really cool way to expand the gimmick mm. and make it a lot bigger. And it would be like beneficial for a guy like Cesaro. We could give him a big opportunity and platform of like, all right, let's see what else you can do. And then it would give an opportunity, bigger opportunity for guys like Burphy and Nice. Maybe they get on main roster television. There's just more opportunity for their characters to grow. Especially if they're not going to introduce like a proper cruiserweight tag team division. Mm-hmm. Which I think they totally should. Hey, uh, the women may be getting a tag team division, so Cruiserweight should be right after that. Yeah, yeah, I guess, yeah, the women is the more pressing matter, right? we got to get the women's tag team division in first. Yeah. But yeah, actually, that seems like there's even more stuff that just keeps coming out that seems like that's just kind of inevitable at this point, like it's going to happen. Yeah, I think didn't Stephanie do an interview where she basically said it was going to happen, but was like, kind of just like, not right now. Something like that, yeah. And then I also saw, like, a couple of rumors. It was talking to one of their, uh, like, people they've commissioned before for making titles. Mm -hmm. And he was kind of talking about how he had sort of wanted to do it before, and he isn't doing this one, but he kind of made hints that, like, it's, like, somebody else is making it. Ah, uh, okay. Like, these titles, and that it's probably happening soon. Um, but then again, he also talked about how, like, there have been other projects that they've made before and then scrapped, so... You know, it even could be in the works and they still might just change their mind and throw it away. So it's the WWE, of course. It is WWE. They are notorious for just changing their mind on a whim. So who knows? But I would be excited to see it, especially because, like, it seems that, like, Bailey and Sasha in particular could really use something like this. Yeah. Because, I mean, they're kind of doing well right now. So you kind of want to continue the momentum. Yeah, definitely have to continue the momentum, but then also to like give a platform for this to shine on, right? Because if they're just tagging like without a tag team belt, like 
there's no end goal. Like, there's no point really to it, right? Yeah. Well, <clears throat> I guess the point right now would be that Sasha loves Bailey. Yeah, she, she just like... loves Bailey. The boss and hug connection. What a weird... You know what? I don't like that they just stole the... Yeah. I think they could have done a little bit better than that. I'm not... I... I don't have a good idea for it yet, but hmm. <laughs> it's like one of those. I can't think of anything better, but I just don't like what you did. <laughs> yeah, it's like I don't like what you did, but I don't have a better replacement yet. <laughs> but hey, you know what? I just gave you a better idea for the bar, so that's one tag team for you. <laughs> Take one, uh, one good idea for another. Yeah, exactly. One, one is enough. For them, although I do have to compliment on them on something else that I thought was fucking hilarious from this week. Um, our truth coming back in to the fold, and him, t- him first of all pretending to like he knew Japanese was fucking <laughs> hilarious. Uh, but then also his rationale that he's going to pin Carmella, and by doing that he'll get a U.S. title shot. I love that. Because, you know, it, it makes sense, right? Because Becky pinned Carmella, right? So she got a title shot. So yeah, that is how it works over in SmackDown. <laughs> I have to say, Archie's kind of been good again. Like, whoever's doing the writing for him right now is just, like, not doing anything big. Just, like, these funny segments <clears throat> with him. Dude, our truth is good. Yeah. They just need to. Oh, I've never. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... Although I guess it's like he he's interesting, right? Because he has he's very good in two different types of roles. He's really good at like almost the bottom of the card as a babyface, because he could just come in, he gets the crowd to pop, but then you can just have him lose to anybody. But then as mm-hmm. a heel, then he's like really psychotically dangerous, and then you can actually like move him up the card a lot, and he can be like a dangerous threat. So he's like this really versatile guy. And he's really good in both roles. Mm-hmm. It's like where, whether you're getting R-Truth or Ron Killings. Yeah. Oh, man. His Ron Killing promo back in TNA. So good. So, yeah. It was great to see him back. Even if it was just to get killed by Shinsuke. <laughs> I mean, what else is he going to do? Yeah, exactly. Although, you know, I would really like to see him get, like, another, like, vicious heel run. I think that'd be really good to see. Because they, they didn't quite do it enough justice, right? Like, when they had him be the heel, and they, they gave him, like, that one match against John Cena, but they had him, like, marching around in a Confederate outfit and shit. Yeah. Like. No, they haven't had him go full heel. No, because, yeah, even when he was a heel, he was still so crazy that, yeah. like, that was still more dominating than him just being a heel but uh something else that i thought was pretty cool on smackdown actually just to go the opposite way like total babyface Mm -hmm. um aj styles i loved his promo oh that was a great response to joe's yeah what did you think of aj styles here i think it was great i think it was like what a babyface promo should be which is just like coming back at the heel with just as much passion but with real logic of like Mm -hmm. basically like, how could you say that stuff? You know, my wife and stuff like that. And then just really definitively saying like, well, it all, whatever, like you're not getting this title, Mm -hmm. like a really definitive ending to it. 
Yeah, definitely. Like, and it was the type of thing where, like, he wasn't corny with it either. Like, he was definitely very, like, white meat babyface. But he was not corny. Like, he was serious. He was ready to, like, get down and dirty and, like, defend his family. Mm-hmm. Defend his honor. Tell Samoa Joe to go fuck himself. Like, you know, you're not getting the WWE title. I loved it. It was nice. Yeah. Because, like, that same type of promo, like, that's part of WWE's problem is that they would think that they could just give that same promo to Roman Reigns, but they can't. Like, they're not the same character. Yeah. But AJ and Samojo just do it better. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm just saying, like, you know, AJ did it better, right? Because, like, yeah. he, he pulled off, like, the that kind of babyface promo that, like, a lot of, like, they try to put that side of sort of shit into, like, Roman Reigns' mouth, and then it fails time and time again. Yeah. Because he's not supposed to be that. Like, even though, like, yeah, obviously he's a good guy behind the scenes, I guess, to an extent, right? Like, he's a family man. But, like, his character, like, I think that they need to take a couple steps back as far as, like, removing him from the guy, Joe Inouye. Because Mm -hmm. I feel like Roman Reigns shouldn't have a family. Yeah. Like... Because he's, he's supposed to be the badass loner type guy. Right, like, he's just, like, this badass, like, loner, mercenary kind of guy. Like, yeah, I don't think that he should have a family. Cause also, That's like, it, we, just get rid of his family. Let's just... Yeah, you know what? They just pull, like, a really weird, like, thing and just, like, kill his family or something. Not in real life, obviously. I'm saying, like, you know, kill the character's family or something. <laughs> or, you know what, just do what WWE does best and just stop mentioning it ever again. And it can just fade away, and we can pretend that doesn't happen. Mm Mm-hmm. Just like the Sasha and Bailey storyline. Like the Sasha and Bailey (laughs) storyline. And, like, alright, so this is another fucking wriggle with the whole Roman Reigns thing. Like, why the fuck does Stephanie McMahon care about Roman Reigns' health to preserve him for this match with Brock Lesnar? Like, that's, that is the weirdest, most nonsensical, like, because even if the lie is just because, like, oh, well, she just wants Seth to go alone, and therefore just, she wants to pull Roman Reigns out of the match, like, really? This is the bullshit lie you're gonna come up with? That she cares too much about Roman Reigns' health? Like, that's silly. <clears throat> come on, don't insult our intelligence like that. <clears throat> Actually, you know what would have been a lot more sense is if she had just added more tag team partners, like onto Dolphin uh, Drew's side or something. Yeah. Like, oh, well, you know what? I want to beat both of these guys up. So, like, you know, Roman's challenging for the Universal title. Seth is challenging for the Intercontinental title. I don't want any one of these guys to win. So, you know what? Yeah, Drew she, and shouldn't Dolphin... want, she, she shouldn't want any babyface to win. Right. She's just like a spiteful bitch. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, it could have been another fucking way they could have themselves out of this mess if they still just wanted to do this stupid shit of just like oh well i guess roman reigns can't be your tag team partner tyler fucking breeze should have come out and tried to save seth rollins that would have been <laughs> awesome i have nothing else to do because like he tried to offer him earlier in the show and then they just totally wrote him off and it was like all right well whatever but like that would have been awesome if he had just like tried like even if it still would have failed like that would have been just a lot better payoff i think Mm-hmm. instead of him just being like oh well you're a joke character fuck you I don't want to team up with you yeah or you know what would be even better what if fucking Tyler Breeze came down there and fucking helped Seth Rollins win damn maybe that would be great maybe start a little something for Tyler Breeze there 
Because, hey, you know what? If we want to do some a little bit of a callback, a throwback, you remember who Tyler Breeze first fought when he came up to the main roster? Was it? It was Dolph, right? Didn't it was Dolph. With, yeah, like because they had like the similar gimmicks feud kind of a thing. It, it was so dumb because it was like Tyler Breeze kept just trying to be like, "Oh, well, you're not good looking," and it's like, "Dude, I look the same as you." <laughs> so that, Literally the same. Yeah, it's like you just wear a different outfit than me. But we're like the same height. We're both blonde. We have like medium length hair. Like, <laughs> yeah, that was that was dumb. But yeah, still, just from a continuity perspective, they did fight a long time ago. So maybe we could call back on that, or they mm-hmm. could have. But then they just didn't. Why not? Because <laughs> they're lazy. Yep. They know that like Raw is just gonna draw whatever the fuck it's gonna draw. I think. Uh. I don't think Vince cared about that segment. Honestly, like, so much of Raw this week was just, like, processional, like, shit kind of happened. I thought. I don't know. What about you? I agree with that. Like, it was really not, like, creating big new... Ang- like, although, outside... Well, I will say this. Like, Paul Heyman, a.k.a. Ball Heyman, with his uh, segment there with Renee Young explaining the breakup with Brock, like, that actually was really good. But that's just, like, Paul Heyman's a great actor, you know? Oh, he was fantastic. The tears and everything, Mm -hmm. and the stubble, like, he is a method actor to, like, no end. He was was so upset, he didn't even shave. Well, it's the, it's to come up with the, um, that's the word I'm looking for, like, depressed look kind of a thing. (laughs) <laughs> totally like I'm, I'm agreeing with you actually like the little details like that were actually really good yes because like details, he, he always it. shows up clean shaven yeah you know he always looks very professional mm-hmm. and like he you know he's never at a loss for words but in this interview like at a couple different times he's there trying to re- talk to renee young and he's at a loss for words and can't comment on stuff and mm-hmm. he's like stumbling over his words it was great it was amazing I think he deserves an Oscar nomination. Uh, or like a Mizzy. <laughs> or a, uh, what's WWE's ones? A Slammy. A Slammy. That's, yeah, Slammy for best acting. Mi- no, I think he deserves a Mizzy, actually. You've, you've convinced me. There you go. And Mizzy. Although, uh, best movie's definitely going to have to go to, like, Elias' documentary, probably. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think of this whole angle? I <laughs> thought it, I think it's hilarious. Like, the amount of internet steam that like Elias has gotten has been fantastic <laughs> from his album so mm-hmm. yeah I, I haven't really like taken a listen to it but I've just seen as far as like the numbers and whatnot like people are definitely seeming to be into it to an extent so that's good to see that like he's I guess it's just good to see like anytime that like people are kind of expanding their horizon like that right as far as like mm-hmm. their reach like something like like doing those outside projects like also with xavier woods doing like the up up down down stuff yeah like that's a really good expansion especially like you know really recently they did the whole like crossover with kenny omega and the elite that was fucking mm-hmm. cool but yeah yeah who knows as far as like what other maybe music stuff elias could do or maybe that would bring in other connections into the business 
yeah, just uh, any kind of mainstream type thing, because that's what this is now, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, although I also like, too, as far as just, like, straight-up garnering heat, like, the angle of him doing this documentary. I loved him just, like, expanding the whole, like, well, you know what? Can we crop out the audience? Like, can you put in, like, a better-looking group of people? Like, you know, yeah. that was a very good, like, way to ex- expand the gimmick. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that's probably the end of, like, the good things I had to say for Raw. Because then it's, like... Yeah, Raw Jinder was Mahal. very, very by the books this week. Yeah. Uh, Braun tipping over a thing. Oh, Rousey's first match. Yeah, Rousey, uh-huh. Rousey killed um, Alicia Fox. It was yeah. like, man, they really tried to be like, man, look at Alicia Fox. She's a big deal, right? Yeah, they brought up the fact that she captained the Survivor <laughs> Series team. And I was like, oh, shit, yeah, I forgot about that. Like, remember she wore, like, the like boat captain's hat and everything? Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, man, I, I remember that stupid shit. <laughs> yeah, they, they tried hard, but, yeah, this is, nobody cared. At least nobody cared about Alicia Fox. Like, people give a shit about Ronda. So. Yeah, and it made Ronda look good, so. Mm-hmm. Yep, just squash a bitch and move on. Ooh, although also, before we move on from Raw, I want to pull out this little gem. I forgot to mention this note. Uh, one of the hilarious uh, line from the opening dialogue, where Roman Reigns said, uh, quote, If you kick out the big dog, who will protect the yard? I'm so glad you brought this up. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes, please. <laughs> what did you think of this? This is the dumbest line I've ever heard. Woof. And like, this is definitely not like an improv <laughs> line. Like, someone came up with this stupid shit. I probably thought it was really clever. Did you, uh, did you do that on purpose there, by the way? I did. Okay. Uh... <laughs> But it's like, you know what I would have really loved for Kurt to have said, because it just would have shut this whole thing down. It's like, you know what, Roman Reigns, if you're not around, what about Braun Strowman? He'll protect this place. Mm-hmm. He's way bigger and stronger than you. He's literally a bigger dog. Yeah, he's a monster. Monsters are bigger than dogs. <laughs> and he's got a bag. And that is a scientific fact. Anchorman reference. <laughs> a whale's vagina. A whale's vagina. Yes. Uh, but let's see. Anyway, moving back over to... Actually, you know what? I don't even know if there was anything else from SmackDown I wanted to talk about. Um, maybe like Daniel Bryan AJ ambushing the Miz. Yeah, Daniel Bryan got an ambush on the Miz. Uh, we got more of... I liked what they did with the Becky and Charlotte thing. Of Charlotte mm-hmm. stealing the spotlight, so to speak, in their match um, against the I- Iconics. Yeah, I'm still so because like the way they're painting this, the way WWE does things, this looks like Becky's turning heel, right? I don't know. I still see it both ways. I see what you mean that mm-hmm. like obviously anytime WWE books it this way, that um, y- you would think that uh that they're going with Becky heel, but I think you could turn Charlotte here too. And she would be the better choice for it. I agree. Yeah, I feel like they definitely could and they should turn Charlotte instead. Yeah. But it smells like they're going to turn Becky. It's going to not work. Or it's going to not, not like, work like nearly, nearly as well, I don't think. 
Smells like teen spirit. Yes, smells like some teen spirit in here. Although, who knows? Like, maybe she'd super surprise us, but, like, I don't know. I didn't feel like she was that great of a heel down at NXT. Nah, she was definitely a better baby face. Yeah. And, I mean, Charlotte's just such a natural heel. I don't get how you can... That's also true, too, because, like, she's she's okay as a baby face. She's, like, she's pretty good, but she's definitely a lot better as a heel. Yeah. It's similar to... I'm trying to think. Randy Orton's that way, too? Yes. Yeah, that. Like, Randy is a good baby face. Like, he's not a bad baby face. He's a good baby face. Mm-hmm. But he's just better as a heel. Roman Reigns is in that category. Because, like, out, outside of the history of how this has devolved into just utter shittery, like, Roman Reigns, on his own, maybe if he talked a little bit less, he'd be an okay baby face. But he'd be a much better heel. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's not like it has to stay that way, right? Like, characters are evolving constantly, so... Yeah. Actually, you know what? I think that's probably um, one of the biggest frustrations with Roman Reigns' character, too, is, like, the fact that not only are people frustrated with what he is, but they're so frustrated with the fact that it doesn't change, either. Yeah. Like, that was part of what people were so... I think that was actually one of the biggest things people were frustrated with Cena with for so many years, was that Cena didn't change. Yeah. <clears throat> And then finally, the, by the time that he's changing, he's, like, halfway out the door. So it's like, all right, well, cool. <laughs> you should have done this a couple of years earlier. But Man, yeah. you know, he's been gone for a while now. Yeah. I don't even know if he's going to be coming back for uh, SummerSlam. Probably not. They're definitely, they have, they have their builds going right now, so. I mean, they definitely have enough stuff that they don't need him, for sure. No, yeah. And that's just, like, another fucking injury out of nowhere, because, like, uh, Aleister Black just got injured. Yeah. Down at NXT. Although, actually, like, that's... Pr- I feel like this is going to be one of those ones that's, like, a blessing in disguise injury. It's kind of good timing, right? Like, it's, I'm, not yeah. to say that it's good that he got injured, but, like, he's in a program with two other guys that can absolutely carry it. So he's not going to be, like, missing out on anything. Right. And then even, too, like, even with that triple threat, going into it, the mindset is like, all right, well, this is just another part of the roadblock of the story that eventually ends with Gargano versus uh, Champa for the title. Mm-hmm. So now we're just getting to the point where it's like, all right, look, this is kind of what we wanted all along anyway. It's been building for a long time. Let's do it. Yeah, and I think it, it just works out really well, so... Yeah, so it's it's a very unfortunate injury, but at the same time, it's like kind of very fortunate. Also, it's it's fortunate for NXT. It's unfortunate for Aleister Black. <clears throat> yeah, so hope he gets better soon. Yeah, I guess that'd be the other thing too. Is like wondering how long he would be out because if he's going to be out for you know a pretty short amount of time, then maybe you know, he comes back to NXT and tries to get revenge on the champion or. Even if he's out for a long time, do you still think would you do you think it'd be better for Aleister Black to come back to NXT for a little bit and try to go after the champion, or do you think maybe just go up to the main roster when he comes back? Uh, I think go to the go back to NXT just because things in the main roster haven't been great for NXT people. So hmm. <laughs> maybe yeah. see what that atmosphere is like. Um, and like when coming back. 
That is a good point. <laughs> that is always like such a gamble. Um, but yeah, at least as far as like NXT, like definitely treating people well. Uh, like at Keith Lee just debuted. Like mm-hmm. I thought he had a really good debut, to be honest. What'd you think of his match there with um ah oh shit, what was his name? Bartel something, German guy? Marcel yeah, Bartel. Uh, shit, where is it? Yes, Marcel Bar- Barthel. Or yeah, probably mm-hmm. Bartel. Oh, Bartel's German. But yeah, I thought they had a great match. Really athletic. I think these shows. You okay there? Yep. Sorry, I just <laughs> I was just getting a sip of water and my lungs decided to have a little bit of water too. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I've heard watering your lungs is a great idea. <laughs> you know, if you want your lungs to grow, you just water them a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I thought it was just a great match between these and I look forward to see what I, what else we see out of Keith Lee. Yeah, like he's I feel like he's the size of guy that like they're gonna give a shit about. Mm-hmm. And like he's definitely got that charisma down too. Like I felt like he really came through as a character even in the short match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the thing. It was such a short match, it's just like, okay, we see a glimpse, now let's get a bigger picture. Mm-hmm. I mean, as far as also a glimpse though, like there were a couple couple spots in this match too, like the way that he uh like throws out his arm in like the same dusty roads kind of way. Mm-hmm. Like he is, I could I could see it a little bit. He's a little bit of a black dusty roads, a little bit. Like he's not all the way, obviously. Like, and I haven't heard him really that much on the mic. If he uh, has a lips, we know what they're going for. <laughs> but yeah, at least as far as like, you know, it, it definitely seems like there he was definitely obviously trying to take from that. And I think they said either on commentary or in a video package that like he's very inspired by. Dusty Rhodes too. I, I wouldn't like that be surprised. Was one of his favorite wrestlers growing up, so. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. I like the Keith Lee. Yeah. Uh, and then we got a, a May Young qualifying match. Mm-hmm. Man. Oh my gosh. What the who? Like, all right. I have to rant about this just like for about a minute. Like, okay. Who is this Tainara Kanchi bitch? And like, why does she not understand like what her character is or who she is? Like. Was she supposed to be a babyface or a heel? I don't think either of them kind of knew what they were doing. Like, at least with Vanessa Bourne, like, I think she understands that she's supposed to be a heel. Even if she's still green as grass and is not able to put together, like, a great match. Uh-huh. She at least stands like, alright, I'm a heel. Like, when she's coming out for her entrance and stuff, like, she's like, alright, I'm this, like, sexy, kind of bitchy heel. Cool. Tenara Kanchi, she comes out and she's like... I guess I'm a judo girl, so I'm supposed to be an athlete, but then she comes in and then she's doing, like, this weird, like, I'm a sexy girl routine, kind of, when she's got, like, the belt and she's, like, swirling it around. Like, she's got her stupid, uh, like, I don't know what the fuck her character's supposed to be. And then she starts to get in a fight, and then she, like, can barely hold her own against Vanessa Bourne most of the time, who's just, like, a bitchy party girl. It's like, how are you not, like, dominating her with technique? Aren't you supposed to be, like, a black belt? That was part of your outfit. You came out in a fucking gi with a black belt around your waist. I don't know what the fuck was going on here. This was weird. With these kind of matches, you just never know how experienced these wrestlers are, so. Yeah, that's the the flip side of NXT is that every once in a while you just get these real stinkers. Yeah, we forget that this is where they're brought to grow. Like, like oh, they don't yeah. they don't come in polished. 
Some people are still learning how to do things on TV. <laughs> um, but to go over to some other people on NXT who definitely knew much more what they were doing. Uh, what did you think of this? Uh, the summit for the Velveteen experience with EC3? I thought it was great. I think EC3 and Velveteen are really good opponents. They're they're really interesting and great opponents, and they're also the type of opponents that like I would kind of love to see them as a tag team at some yes. point. I was just thinking that too. Like <laughs> it's the uh, real like um odd couple tag team, right? Yeah, it's the like I hate you and I hate you, but like we're also very, very similar. Yeah. We know we're both really good, so mm-hmm. and this is like I would actually like them as a tag team even more than like I think I'd pitch that I thought it'd be interesting to see Velveteen Dream and um, Ricochet as a tag team. And I would still maybe agree to that as well, but like Velveteen Dream and EC3, I think that actually would have some legs. Yeah. Because I think they, they, I feel like they could play off of each other. You know what I mean? Like, I think they could kind of ramp each other up in their ridiculousness. Mm hmm. I would love to see it, actually. I think it would, yeah, I think it would be great together. Cause then, like, it's it's also something too that like I could see them doing for a while and definitely have some good success out of it. But then, like, they can also eventually then just break up and then go back to being singles stars again. Yeah. And actually, I would even love to see it like have it be the type of breakup where like maybe not like just one guy turns on the other dude, which is like WWE standard. But yeah. Maybe both of the guys are just fed up with each other. They're just like, you know, both of their egos are just too big. Or you know what? They just go their own way. Yeah, they, they say, like, a oh, we went our way, like, creative differences sort of thing. Like, we're not going to talk about it. I don't know. You could go a lot of different ways with it. Yeah, and I think anything would be entertaining. Yeah, I would just definitely like to see more of these guys together, for sure. Uh, let's see, let's see. What else happened this week? Ooh, um, to get out of everything else, because I think the last other thing was just uh, New Japan. Because the G1 Climax is coming to a close Oh, show. yes. Oh, my God, yeah. And, uh, oh, one other little moment, because uh, we had uh, one of the matches that we just had recently was uh, Naito versus Sonata. Two mm-hmm. members of LIJ going at it. Oh, yes. And uh, Naito did come out on top, but, like, Sonata definitely gave him, like, a strong run for his money type of thing. Uh, but it was really heartfelt, too. Like, after the match, uh, Evil and Bushi came out with um, Hiromu's jacket. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Naito in, like, the speech afterwards was saying, like, you know, there's, you know, one of our members is missing, obviously, you all know who he is, and, you know, we all wish that Hiromu comes back soon, and the crowd was all excited, like, giving Hiromu their best wishes. So, that was really cool to see, just, like, really honoring him and giving him that spotlight, even though he's not there. Yeah. Uh, But, Joe, the G1 Climax... There is one night of matches for A block and one night of matches for B block and before the finals. Okay. We've got three guys in A block, three guys in B block that can make it into the finals. So, out of A block, we have Okada and Tanahashi who are going to be fighting each other on the last night before the finals. Okay. And then you've got Jay White who's going up against Evil. Mm-hmm. Now, the way the points break down for this block is if Tanahashi wins... That's it. He wins the block. Period. Now, if Okada wins, then he can only win if Jay White loses. Interesting. So Okada, and Jay White has been 
one of the more push guys. Yeah, but if Okada wins and then Jay White wins, then Jay White wins the block because Jay White will have the same amount of points as Okada, but he beat Okada earlier in the tournament. Actually, technically, if so, if Jay White wins and Okada wins, all three of them will be tied for points, but Jay White beat both of them earlier in the G1, so he wins the block. I think that's going to be it. Yeah, so I think I feel like that's going to be it, because that'd be a really big push and it'd be a good spot to give him. And it's all... it's a way to make the the lot those wins for Jay White and those losses to uh, Okada and Tanahashi like mean something. Right, exactly. It means something, and also I think this would give like a really good direction for like because I don't think that Jay White would win the finals, uh-huh. um, but then coming out of this, I think he's probably going to feud with Okada because like yeah, they're both in the same Okada's faction gonna... of chaos. And Okada's going to need something, so... Right, Okada's going to need something, and then Jay White's been kind of saying that, like, you know, why the fuck are you leading Chaos? Like, you're not a good leader. I'm stronger than you. And then when he beat him in the G1, it was, like, super evidence for that. Yeah. Basically him saying even more that, like, I should be in charge of Chaos now. I beat you, and I got to the finals, unlike you. Exactly. Uh, Now, on the other side, in B block, we've got Omega going up against Ibushi and Naito. And actually, in the final night here, Omega and Ibushi are going to be fighting. Yes. And then Naito is going up against Zack Sabre Jr. Same guy who took him out of the uh, New Japan Cup this year. Ooh. So the way this one works is... um, Let's see. Yeah. Kenny, if he wins, he's in. Like, he just gets it. That's it. Now, if uh, Ibushi... Actually, I might have to look up the points on this one just to make sure. Uh, but with Ibushi, I know Ibushi only can win if Naito loses. Uh-huh. But I'm trying to remember if Naito needs Omega to lose or not. Um, Um, but yeah, basically it's, it's down to those three. Omega's fighting Ibushi. And I feel like, I don't know. Cause like, I don't, I don't think Omega's going to win this anymore. Like I, cause he just ended up the last two matches he dropped to Ishii. That one was a clean loss. Uh, uh-huh. so I think that Ishii's going to get a title match at some point here against, um, Omega, but then it's a good filler, but then he ended up losing to Yano in Ooh, the interesting. Last match, but that was not even like a Yano fucking beat a match. That was like Tamatanga and the firing squad came out and just like beat them both to death and then threw t- like Toriyana's corpse on him. Oh, did you hear about the whole thing with uh, Tamatanga like grabbing a fan by his throat? Oh, no shit. I haven't heard about this yet. Yeah, apparently on some show that they just did, like he got into the crowd, started arguing with this guy and grabbed him by the throat. Oof. Yeah. Oh boy. We. Oh boy, you don't like that. Okay. Yep. All right. So. Okay, I was not a hundred. Okay, I was. I was a little bit right. Okay, so Kenny Omega, if he wins, he's got it because he did beat Tetsuya Naito earlier in the tournament. Okay. Um, Tetsuya Naito, because like if they both win, they're gonna tie for points, but because Omega beat him earlier, he gets the win. Yeah. Um. So, but then if Naito wins, uh, and Ibushi wins, then Naito's in. But if Naito loses and Ibushi wins, then Ibushi will get the 
spot because he will have beaten Omega, who he's tied for points with, and he beat Naito earlier in the tournament, who he will become tied with points with. Okay. So I'm so really. What are you... Oh, go ahead. What are you What are you thinking? I'm thinking, and I'm really hoping that um, Zach gets Naito one more time here. <laughs> Either that, or you could get a tie. Actually, no, no, he would have to lose. Yeah, he would have to lose to Zack Saber Jr. And then Kota Ibushi beats Omega. So then you get Ibushi and Jay White for the finals. I think that. I awesome. could see that. Yeah. I mean, at the same time, though, like, like Naito winning that and then winning the G One, like, would also be a really strong choice. I'm just like, for me, I would give the slight edge. I think it'd be really awesome to see Ibushi win the G1. Yeah, because and be... go after mm-hmm. Kenny. And go after Kenny. Because, like, the other thing I was thinking as far as just, like, timing, like, unless they want to do it sooner, like, you could kind of draw out Naito's kind of return for, like, trying to go back after the Intercontinental title. Like, maybe Jericho defends the IC title against somebody else at, like, one of the other pay-per-views coming up, and then Naito would have to, like, probably have to get a re- like a revenge on Zack Sabre Jr. I'm thinking if he cost him the G1 and if he had cost him the uh, New Japan Cup. Mm-hmm. So like maybe you beat Zack Sabre Jr., do that feud in the interim, and then go back after Jericho, and then you have like Naito versus Jericho again, like at Wrestle Kingdom or something. Like give those guys both a little bit of something to do in between. Yeah, that's possible. And then have them beat we again. We also just don't know like when Jericho's going to make an appearance again and... True. That's yeah, that's another wild card. It's just like when what what the fuck is Jericho doing? Yeah. <laughs> Cuz like Wrestle Kingdom that's only all the way in December. So that's uh 4 months away. You know. It's coming. Still got a little bit of time. But Well, he's got his cruise coming up first. <laughs> true. True. But yeah, that's that's what I would really like to see. I would like to see Ibushi versus Jay White in the finals and see Ibushi take it. Because I yeah. definitely see that, like, whether it's Ibushi, Omega, or Naito in the finals against Jay White, I think they're going to take it. Like, I think B-Block is winning it. But Yeah. Cause, yeah. But I definitely I like the result coming out of A-Block, though, Jay White. I yeah. think that's good. I think that's definitely the strongest choice, for sure, coming out of A-Block. But yeah, I think that... I'm going to put my money on Ibushi. I think that's a smarter choice. Because I think that's, that's a really interesting, very long-term, cool build that you could do. And, like, you also have, like, with Ishii having beaten him in between, like, you have another opponent for Omega to go after in between. Like, you have to defend the title against Ishii because he lost to him in the G1. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe you'd even get, like, Jay White trying to go after him once if he's, like, if he beats Okada and kind of, like, takes over Chaos. Like, that could be another feud right before Wrestle Kingdom if he needed to. Like, yeah, because you could have him feuding with Okada right before that. And especially because, like, with Jay White, like, he was the guy who took the U.S. title off of Omega, so there's that history of, like, I mm. beat you once, I can beat you again. Yeah. Like, that could be part For of For a title. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, that's that's where I'm going to go. Because initially, I remember very strongly feeling like, oh, well, Naito's getting it, Naito's winning this thing. And I definitely would not be surprised if Naito gets this. Um, but I'm going to go on a limb and say Ibushi. I think that's... A little bit more interesting of a choice. Yeah, I think that would be the more exciting result too. Yeah, I think that'd be very exciting. 
All right. Is that going to do it for us this week? Uh, yeah, I think so. Talked about all the wrestling. Yeah, all the wrestling. All of the wrestling. <laughs> and we will be back next week to talk more of all the wrestling, because uh, we're a couple weeks away from SummerSlam, right? Uh, no, next week is the go-home. Oh, yeah, okay. So next week we'll be doing uh, predictions for SummerSlam yes. and for NXT TakeOver. And for me to retain my title. Oh, you hope so. Yep. Um, all right, so uh, check us out on all of our social media and uh, listen for the podcast next week when we go over the go-home show. Yeah, we'll go over the go-home show. We'll, we'll announce the G1 winner because that'll happen this weekend. So if anybody's interested, go ahead and tune into that sort of shit and check it out. All right. See you guys next week. Yep. Peace.